Welcome to episode 145 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we got to catch up with Chris Downer. He is a designer at Sketch. And he was in town a little while back for WWDC. And we got to pick his brain about the tools they're building at Sketch, uh, the thing that we all use and love, uh, and his background building Dude, software. Dude, at this point, I'm going to be working at Figma. Again, he works built, He works on a tool that we all use and love. Uh, it was a very fun conversation. Chris is a great guy. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. But it was before, a lot about the craft of what we do. And it's super fun. But before we get into it, we want to thank our sponsors for supporting the show and making this episode possible. First up, Wayno. Wayno is a fantastic agency doing like um, incredible work, the best work. They're super amazing. They're staffed with super awesome people and you should go work with them. They're hiring in New York and San Francisco. Go hang out, do work for companies like Airbnb and Medium and Lonely Planet and Google and Dropbox and Red Bull and they're incredible. But the thing that I love the most about Wayno is they just care about the design community. That's why they're sponsoring this podcast. That's why every Friday they host a happy hour at their office and have very honest conversations with leaders in the industry. They just care. And I think that's uh, one of the best things a company can do right now and a culture that you want to be a part of. You should go work for them. If you're ever in the Bay Area on a Friday night, come hang out with us at their happy hour. Uh, I feel so lucky to have them sponsoring the show. Go check them out at wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O. And if you do apply for a job, tell them we sent you. That would be rad. Thank you so much, Wayno. Our second sponsor is Dropbox. Dropbox right now is on a mission to simplify the way people work together across the board. And to do that, they're hiring experienced designers, including design managers, to make that happen. Design's always been a big differentiator for them. Uh, when they came on the scene, there was like 15 other like file sharing services syncing services but dropbox made it super easy where you just did the thing you were already doing and dropbox did the rest syncs to all your devices just takes care of the work and that's like a brilliant design decision so they've always taken the time to make things beautiful and wonderful and really thoughtful and they want design managers to do that make that happen these design managers would partner with product managers and engineers to set product vision drive critiques mentor teams strengthen the design community think things design managers do right they've got a large and growing design team they're in a really good spot to be scaling up and if you want to spend your time doing that developing your product design career developing the skills it takes to lead and scale a large design org this would be the perfect place to do it they're solving really challenging problems with some super smart people and you should go do it and ship products with them and do awesome work so go check them out at spec.fm slash dropbox They've been awesome to work with. I couldn't recommend working with them highly enough. Spectre.fm slash Dropbox. Thank you once again to Dropbox for sponsoring the show. Thanks so much, Dropbox. And with that, let's get into episode 145 with Chris Downer. Hi, my name is Christopher Downer, and I'm a product designer at Sketch. Boom. Nailed it in one. Yeah. It's going to get tougher from here on out. What are you working on right now? Well... Uh, 3.9 or build 39 is just around the corner and uh, there is there's some cool things coming out in that build uh, one of the one of the things that we've been working on is symbol resizing or just the improving resizing groups because if currently in the previous version if you resize a group, all your content would get stretched out and everything. So we were looking at ways we could improve that. 
Um, I guess it kind of naturally stemmed from looking at things such as constraints and auto layout, uh, things that are kind of very different from Sketch because Sketch is very fluid. You can draw things, you can select anything and drag it out. It's all uh, non-destructive. And once you try to fit in the kind of rigidity of these fixed constraints and things like that, it all kind of gets muddled and then Sketch stops being Sketch as you know it and kind of becomes this different tool. And in doing a kind of a lot of research, looking at what other tools do and looking at things like Xcode in particular, um, Xcode now has uh, the constraint-based layouts, but previously I think it's Xcode 7 or whatever it was. I don't actually know what the current version of Xcode is. That may be the current... 7, yeah. I think they're on okay, 7. Okay, so maybe in Xcode 5... Um, they had the old kind of auto resizing thing where you would basically have springs and struts where you could say, I want the left edge to be springy so the, the distance will be flexible or you can have it fixed. And you had these um, springs and struts, I guess, on the top and the bottom of the selected objects and the right and the left as well and then on the object itself, so you could fix its height or you could fix its width. And then, of course, the auto layout constraints kind of replaced all that by you could define a fixed value, and then things would happen. But Based on, like, size classes, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, in talking to a lot of developers in the past, it just naturally occurs that they hate auto auto layout. It's uh, been a kind of world of world of pain, and that that was something I found quite interesting. And I am not a I'm not a developer at all in the slightest, but I can kind of work my way around Xcode. And I, I could play around and see it, but it's all very, very fiddly. But that was perhaps less fiddly than the old auto resizing the, the, the springs and struts interface. So um, when it came to looking at this feature, which of course we want, and a lot of people are requesting for Sketch, is the right way of going about to doing it. And we prototyped it as in directly in the app, uh, just create a branch off the build, and Peter, our developer, just you know knocked something up in like half an hour, and it was this working thing, but it needed the design work, which is the real difficulty. And we could test it and we could use it. And then we realized that this is incredibly fiddly and it's a lot of trial and error. So the idea was you would apply these kind of sets of rules to an object in the group. And then if you resize the group, the object would either stretch or it would remain fixed, depending on how you resize this. And if you had like a say your group was a table sale when you had like uh, an avatar, uh, two text layers, like a disclosure button, there was four layers in there and you'd have to apply all these certain rules to them and then you'd have to kind of stretch the group to see what's going on. It's a very manual process. Very, very manual, very tedious. very tedious. And it was just, you got this great result, but it was incredibly difficult to use. So we were looking at how we could simplify the process and basically how you could get what people wanted. And then Peter suddenly came up with this great idea of just why can't you have presets? And we eventually came up with uh, four presets so you could um, have it as default, so it would stretch. So you stretch the group and then the 
positioning was relative would expand and uh, as you know uh then we had pin to the nearest corner so instead of saying you want it to be fixed 20 pixels from the left 20 pixels from the top you don't actually need to define those values they just as you've designed it and as you resize the group they would stay fixed they would be pinned as the name suggests uh, then we have floating in place so the object wouldn't resize but it would so if you center aligned something stretch the group it stay center centrally aligned and the last one is uh stretch so the positions on the outside the padding would stay fixed but the actual layer itself would stretch content independent kind of thing yeah yeah we were quite pleased with that but we soon realized that this is okay but it doesn't cover every every single case and then we had to ask ourselves would we be okay with that and then we we kind of thought yes because this isn't we we we're not claiming this feature can do everything we're not saying this is auto layout or dynamic layout flexbox this kind of thing it's basically a convenient way to resize groups but with with, with magic so that's something that we had been uh, working on and that's something that's that's coming out and as with everything we've been doing for sketch all these new things that we've been improving and updating it's all very iterative so we never throw out a fully polished feature because it will take a lot of time the direction we're heading in may not be uh, what our users want or what they expect so their feedback can help us shape uh, shape our tools which is incredibly incredibly important because not only do they get what the user wants that means we can build a better product for it from the outside it seems like you have a particularly vocal user base does that feel the same internally oh absolutely yeah okay which is fantastic sometimes it can be hard to get signal through noise so i feel like there's definitely like a differentiation between what the outside sees and what the inside actually gets value from yes um especially if you go on sites like designer news people can just be- don't ever do that yeah pro tip <laughs> yeah which i'm i'm uh, i'm trying to do my um my colleague ale says that he's actually disabled designer news on his router so uh if he wants to visit it he has to go into the ip settings and all all this crazy stuff so he doesn't accidentally click on the link and it takes him there and just sees all this vitriol and all these complaints and and everything but when it comes to feedback it's all all valuable even negative stuff we we're quite thick skin you, you need to be really um, and if people are obviously unhappy about something then that means we've we've failed almost we there is a way for us to do something better and sketch has always been shaped by its its feedback i think we have uh, quite good uh, social channels so to speak so our facebook group is very active and everybody Every day, we always get hundreds and hundreds of tweets at SketchUp. A lot of people reporting bugs, which is fantastic because, of course, we don't want we don't want bugs. Uh, people requesting features. I think we've heard nearly every feature request. I, I can't remember the last yeah. time we heard of something that we hadn't talked about or, or considered. <laughs> What's the most outlandish feature request you've gotten? Oh. Um, probably something that haunt my haunt my dreams i'm just trying to suppress that in, in the back of my head writing css inside of sketch oh that that definitely was one of them yeah doesn't that exist somewhere 
uh, as a plugin. Yeah. Wait, it, you used to be able to export as CSS, right? You can export as CSS, yeah. but can you write CSS inside? But yeah, <laughs> this this had been requested. I don't know if a plugin exists. Maybe maybe it does. I'm sure that person who requested that would uh, like to know. <laughs> but there are very very crazy things like that. Um, a lot of our users are kind of refugees, for lack of a better word, from fireworks. When Adobe that was my first tool, yeah, yeah. When Adobe discontinued fireworks, uh, we suddenly got ourselves a lot of users, which is really cool. But fireworks wasn't an app I ever really used. I was a Photoshop user beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I was aware that Fireworks had a lot of legacy. And these people who had been using Fireworks for the past 10, 15 years suddenly say, well, I used to use this in Fireworks. I love this. Can we see it in Sketch? And then it's something that's completely outdated and something that there have been better methods to achieve those achieve those results so before sketch you were at real mac software that's right yes uh were you a heavy sketch user there the sketch was really in its infancy i think sketch one was released maybe in my second second year at the company oh okay uh and it admittedly it wasn't something i used i knew the knew the guys beforehand and i played around with it but i never considered using it for day-to-day work just because I was working in an environment where PSDs were, you know, the the thing. We had all these old files that we needed to look back on. I wasn't necessarily working with other designers, so it was it was just myself. The reason why I didn't consider it was because it maybe wasn't as fully fledged as it was now because Sketch started off as a vector drawing tool and then it suddenly kind of emerged as, oh, you can actually use this for user interface design. So I think that just the consideration wasn't even there that you could use this for UI design because there are apps like Acorn, which is an image editor, and Pixelmator as well. They existed, but they were kind of like cheap Photoshop mm-hmm. alternatives because Photoshop was still... Far and away the best. Yeah, and it was uh, several or $1,000 or so, however much it was. So you wouldn't really consider... Pixelmator or Acorn to be these these pro tools, more like a kind of, I guess, more generalized alternative for people who wanted to add effects to their, their photos and things like this. But uh, Sketch really started, um, the designer who came on board to work with Peter was a icon and UI designer. Emmanuel? Emmanuel. I think he really started pushing uh, Peter for features, saying, I, I want to use this instead of Photoshop. So I want to see all these things I would expect for a UI design tool to have. Totally. Uh, and it really kind of evolved from there quite quite rapidly, although there was uh, one designer, one developer. The amount of stuff that happened in such a short amount of time was incredible. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm curious about your process. It's like this recursive thing, right? You're designing the tool for which you're going to design for. Yeah, eating uh, your own dog food. Yeah, shared this screenshot of this. You'd rebuilt the Sketch UI in Sketch in Sketch. Yeah, and like a subframe or what? I don't like. Understand. He was designing the sketch UI. Yes, for Sketch in Sketch. Why else would you design the sketch UI? Yeah, 
but it, <laughs> it's interesting so i'm curious like you know we're talking about the symbols and stuff like what's the design process obviously the ui is part of it but like where's your involvement in that and how do you see that sort of project evolve over time to the point of like implementing ui and and buttons inside the tool that you're already using yeah the uh the kind of looks uh really are a kind of secondary step. That's yep. not to say that the right. uh, aesthetics aren't important at all, but there was... Much of it feels default, right? Like it feels like a Mac OS ten default. Yes, yeah, right. uh, very, very consciously. Say, it uh, seems deliberate. There's a lot of uh, custom elements there, but of course we think that um, part of the appeal I thought with Sketch originally is it looked like Apple designed it. It was like an iWork tool. Or, or something like that. So you kind of have that familiar, familiarity coming uh, because Photoshop is this crazy custom behemoth, incredibly difficult to learn. Yeah. And with Sketch, it's so, it's almost kind of the opposite because it feels so native. People kind of know how to use it already and then they can, they can pick it up. But um, going back to symbols, it's, uh, it's incredibly complicated feature so of course as we are all remote we discuss everything in hipchat and then we have github issues where we would discuss things more in depth in this more permanent place so we can look back on notes because in a in a chat application that's 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 quite difficult uh, so there was a lot of back and forth of symbols reimagining it like what things do we want to add to it and how should those things fit into the current design and the current implementation uh so there's a lot of kind of back and forth discussion between myself and the developers and other people who are very design minded uh, in the company and then we kind of go away and we talk about it and then i would go and in a sketchbook my sketchbooks uh are like journals there's, there's sketchbooks yeah yeah nailed it in one brian nailed it in one there there aren't that many drawings but it's just writing out pros and cons to various methods it reads like a journal or, or something uh trying to explore all, all these different ideas and then i'll start thinking about how it should look visually and i always used to dive straight into photoshop i was never really a big sketcher with pen and paper and of course I'm, I'm still the same but sketch enables me to do things quicker this feels like one huge shameless uh shameless <laughs> plug man i can't believe i got it for just 99 dollars <laughs> every year every year <laughs> asterisk <laughs> asterisk jesus christ brian asterisk asterisk that's uh the uh, french cartoon uh, asterisk and with an x instead Obelix, of yeah <laughs> although it's probably pronounced asterisk or, or something we, we we won't get into that either way That's... i've exposed how uncultured i am um where were we yeah <laughs> your process my process yes my my sketchbooks uh read very much like kind of random mm -hmm. how people would use it uh and things like this and then i start thinking about the visuals in sketch itself mm -hmm. so i start kind of mocking up these things and then having uh, loads of ideas and kind of explaining what I'm doing. And then I'll just take a screenshot of that and post it into the GitHub ticket. I'm very, um, I'm not one of these designers who kind of, I, I guess if you work in a large company, you, you certainly can't be one of these designers, but a lot of 
freelance designers kind of go away, they work on one thing until they consider it to be finished. And they might have a lot of internal iterations or something, but they don't really share their processes. And then they come back with this one big complete final thing saying, this, this is what I've done. Magic. Magic. But in my experience, there's always ed cases that you haven't considered and loads of other things that may pop up during the process, people having random ideas saying, oh, have you thought about doing this? So I mm -hmm. think even just posting lots of screenshots of my progress saying, I think it should uh, be like this. What, what do you think? I have uh, things, highlight things in the design, say, or oh, what do you think about this part in particular? And then get feedback like that. And it's, it's a very kind of rapid uh, rapid process. Sometimes it's a, a lot of back and forth and can go on for for a few weeks because you have to go away and think about something else or have that in the back of your mind or be constantly thinking about it. Um, but it's I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by very design-minded developers and other people who had backgrounds in design and have moved on to doing things like uh QA, which we do have, contrary to popular belief, we have a fantastic QA team, um, uh, support and, and so on like that. Yeah. I guess one of the benefits of working in a small company, everybody can wear multiple hats. Mm -hmm. uh, no one really has a defined job title. Everyone's kind of free to come in and comment and uh -huh. leave, leave their thoughts and opinions. So switching from... Photoshop to Sketch. Was that right when you joined Sketch? Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> when I joined Sketch, I realized that I can't use Photoshop yeah. anymore. That that would be that that would be crazy. Why <laughs> it's would, like blasphemy. Yeah. Why would uh, I expect anyone else to use this app if I don't even use it myself? Yep. And of course, using the app that you're working on is Incredible. I know not everybody has the, the privilege to do so, but they can realize uh, and identify, identify the things that they don't like mm -hmm. uh, really quickly just by using it day to day. Then aesthetics of the apps you're designing aside, has, has it changed a lot of the way you think about designing a thing? Uh, Photoshop was often given a lot of credit for being great for you working on skeuomorphic mm -hmm. stuff, whereas Sketch has consistently been used for a lot of flat stuff. Has that changed the way you look at approaching a problem like that? Um, I, I don't know. There's certainly a lot of lessons and, and things I learned. I mean, certainly when be, before I joined the Sketch team, I hadn't worked on any tools like that. I'd worked on plenty of Mac applications, uh, and that's where my, my background came from. I really kind of treated it as this is kind of how I would like a design tool to be. But you can't be selfish at all in a way because, as as you know, by being designers, everybody designs differently in, in their own way. There is no right way to design. So you kind of have to uh, encompass all of those things. It's an exercise in empathy, right? Like Yes, yeah, exactly. And of course, being a designer and talking to other designers who use Sketch or have heard of it, uh, of course, they will tell you their feedback. And I, I do not get tired of that. I don't want to discourage anyone who happens to meet me. Uh, it's not like um, being like, a, I guess, a, a character in a sitcom who has a catchphrase, who has to repeat it every time. 
Um, I, I loved hearing people's feedback, and of course, that helps shape the tool. The thing I've realized, and I think about like how I would give feedback to Sketch, is the system is a lot more complex than I realize, especially when I think about I'm designing in such a specific way, mm-hmm. and then also an illustrator might be using Sketch or an icon designer might be using Sketch. So what have you found to be like the most helpful formats or types of feedback that you get that actually you say, oh, that actually could be very informative for a next feature or something like that, rather than, oh, that's clearly solving your own problem? Yeah, there's definitely that fine line. There's so many, so many considerations. And of course, uh, Sketch is very niche in the grand scheme of things, but it is used by web designers and icon designers and UI designers and people have even used it for various other design related things like print design, which is, yeah. which is crazy. Weird. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess we have our own ideas. We're not kind of coasting along thinking, oh God, what do we do? Who's, who's going to come up with a uh, request the next thing to, uh, for us to build? We, we kind of have our idea in our head, but our, Users, or I guess the number of requests uh, really kind of upvotes things in our roadmap, so to speak. So I'd love to work backwards. Why Sketch? Why did you decide to join this team? It really was a kind of chance encounter. Um, I had known Peter and Emmanuel on Twitter for a few years. I knew Emmanuel from Mac Themes forums, uh, which is going going back a long time where everybody you know uh, this i lived in mac themes for a long time wow oh awesome yeah for for those of you who don't know mac themes was when desktop customization for the mac was a big thing and people were changing all the icons on yep. their that was ah, every time ah. skinning skinning their uh, windows and things like that i had like a custom geek tool set up so i could have like oh, extra tool, data yeah. on there and then custom icons for every app i used candy bar for a while oh candy bar yeah i remember uh, candy bar what was the was it it wasn't like window shades. What was it called for a uh, tiger? I think was the last one that supported it where you could like actually skin the menu bar and everything. Can't think of what it was called. Oh yeah. Candy bar was I think panic, window right? shades is what it was called on windows. And then it was a uh, rain theme or something like that. I remember the icon. It was like a kind of, uh, it was like yellow and black, I think. Yeah. Like a deconstructed, uh, like a finder window with, uh, the, yeah, a yellow and black kind sounds of right. banner yeah. tape yeah. and, yeah, the name is going to annoy me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, good times. Maxims was, uh, everyone was kind of, you know, making all this shit for fun. And looking back on it now, the, the alumni, the people who posted on that forum, they are at Apple and Facebook and Dropbox and all these incredible companies. And back then it was just people having fun and maybe a couple of guys who were hired to uh, work on app icons for mm. um, indie developers, but yeah, looking looking back on it now, it seems like all these people have gone on to do really really great things. So being part of that was was awesome. So yes, I'd known Emmanuel from there. Peter at the time was living in London, and I was living uh, in Brighton, which is an hour away uh, from London. Uh, Emmanuel was visiting Peter at the time. Uh, they were both uh, in London, and I reached out to them on Twitter, say, "Oh, it would be uh, great to great to meet you. Let's have uh, drinks." So I visited them along with a friend of mine, and we were just talking 
I think Sketch had released version 2.2 at that time, and the Mirror iOS app was in development. And we were just uh, talking to them, just hanging out, uh, recollecting good old days of uh, the Mac Themes forums. And then on uh, on the way home, I was sitting on a train. I got a uh, text message from Emmanuel saying, uh, do you want to work for us? And I, I thought they were just trolling me. I thought, what, you are just two guys working on this app, which is really cool. What do you mean you need a, another designer? I'm, I'm not even looking for a, for a gig. This kind of came out of nowhere. I just, so I didn't think he was being serious at all. And he said, yeah, yeah, definitely have a think about it. So I slept on it and I thought, Oh yeah, if I join uh, join these guys, I can't use Photoshop again. How would I feel with that? But then I'd have this amazing opportunity to help shape this tool. And it kind of, yeah, I the next day said, yeah, you know what? Absolutely. That sounds that sounds good. That seems such like kind of idyllic and Yeah, it seems idyllic and even though far-fetched. Like if I put myself in your shoes, you're talking about joining two two people building an app uh I don't know how proven it was at the time. I don't know if anyone could have expected how big the market would end up being. Yeah, that's uh, that was quite a huge surprise. I guess at the time, people were using it, but they were mainly freelancers, people who didn't have to worry about working with other designers or in companies with all this legacy of all these Photoshop files. So it's really kind of building a tool for your peers. And... It's just kind of, it's, it's strange trying to think back on them, like various kind of points in the timeline. But as I, as I mentioned, the, the fireworks kind of being discontinued, I think we must have been on around Sketch 2.4. We suddenly got a lot of users overnight that way. And we hadn't advertised Sketch at all. It was all via word of mouth. Hey, you should check out this, this app. It's pretty cool. And... Yeah, it kind of took off in a way that none of us really expected. And it's so surreal now to come out to San Francisco and talk to people and say, oh, I work in Sketch. And I was like, oh, Sketch, hey, yeah, yeah I, I know that. I use that all the time. For me, it's something that I work on in my spare bedroom. I don't really consider it as a job. It's just I'm going and continuing my hobby when I was 17, making these icons for Candy Bar, this kind of, Having fun in my spare bedroom, which sounds kind of sinister. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> working away, uh, doing something I love, and uh, it's 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 my job. And then coming out, seeing all these people who use Sketch, and there's uh, or going to design meetups in London, things like this. It's really crazy. It's like I just get overwhelmed. I don't really consider and consider at the time I'm working on it. I don't think oh. However many thousand people will be using this, uh, that, that's really cool and makes me feel really good. It's just, let's get on with it. And I come to places and I'm like very overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, that's uh, that's crazy. At the time, did it feel like a pretty big risk to join this team or, or did it feel like a safe decision in some way? Well, I had been at my previous company for three years and I was considering my future and what I wanted to do. So I think it came along at the at the right time, uh, and I thought 
yeah why not because if i say no i'll regret it and it's very cheesy i i don't want to have any regrets in in life so i thought why not if it, if it doesn't work out then it's uh something i've can add to my resume uh-huh but yeah it's 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 worked out and I haven't looked back since yeah and i don't think it's cheesy at all i think that's a very common piece of advice is to ask yourself what would you regret yeah doing or not doing and mm-hmm. and act accordingly it's sometimes hard to grasp that though when you haven't had those kinds of opportunities i find that people are like oh that's like a fairy tale it's like a a one in a thousand kind of thing maybe did it feel that way when you first got it was it just like this doesn't happen to me or was it just kind of like oh like this makes sense well when i uh first joined a company of course sketch was a, a lot smaller and had a, a fraction of the user base so it's just kind of it wasn't even a, a thought in my mind it wasn't even thinking what would sketch be like two or three years from now and oh how can i get in on that it just kind yeah. of it wasn't as pragmatic it was just like i want to work on this yeah i thought this is a great opportunity it sounds like fun i get to work on something that other designers would enjoy i get to work on something that i want to use yeah let's let's go ahead and do it uh what were you doing at the time your previous job uh i was working for a company called real max software which uh do they do anything yeah, people never, know of them i've never heard of real mac I oh, okay i don't get it what, uh, <laughs> what do they do what do they even do they were uh they're an independent uh developer they're, they're still around um but they were very much of that era back in the day when uh, i guess around the time of mac themes where everybody was the iphone didn't exist everybody all these developers were developing mac apps this was this was the thing. What? What's a Mac app? <laughs> I've never heard of such um, a thing. So that was great. They were just building their own apps. They were uh, most famous for Rapid Weaver, which is... Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's the like one I haven't used. Rapid oh, okay. Weaver? I haven't used it, but it, gosh dang it, their icons are freaking beautiful. And I yeah. used Clear for a long time, and I used Ember for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. other apps that... Um, real mac known for uh clear being uh one of those similar to sketch kind of crazy success stories clear really was like oh we've got a couple of months we want to make a ios app all the to-do lists in the app store suck uh how could we do it better and uh dan the 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 founder council yeah founder and product designer was quite quite visionary in that sense by uh, thinking, well, these are all the things that suck about the to-do lists. You know, so many taps to add a task, you have to go and say, I click the uh, plus icon in the corner of the toolbar, then type up what you want, and then what time, and if it's a recurring event, or if it should be location-based, and all, all this stuff, whilst you just want to write it down. Uh, I think all of us were ending up using the notes application the 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 stock app just because you could just type something in and then not have to worry about all these things but we thought what would be better than the notes app what would be a custom thing and we it was it was kind of a whirlwind it was a very um as i said a few months and there's a lot going on in that time a lot of lots of things happening and it's this incredible thing to work on and then it was this kind of crazy success it was number one in the app store in the us uk and all these other countries within 24 hours had a kind of a lot of uh marketing 
behind it, pulling in a lot of favors, asking, hey, can you uh, write about this? We, we made a cool video. And then it was, it was really kind of strange because it was maybe one of the first apps that had a flat UI. It was like purely flat. Yeah. And the inspiration for that was the old Windows Windows phone where they had the, the tiles and the squares. Um, but we wanted to make it, of course, very native to iOS. So we respected things like the the font and kind of cell size and the. It was very. It felt like table cells, but they were yeah, just really cool table cells. Kind of respecting the interactions, so you could previously uh, swipe right to left to reveal a delete button, which you could tap. We thought that was an unnecessary thing. Why not just fully swipe and then you can delete things and then pulling in inspiration from Reader with two E's, the RSS mm -hmm. app, where you could uh, do, I guess, a long pull down. So it's, to it's go like, up a level? Yeah, it's like pull to refresh, but you pull down longer and you can jump up a level. Uh, pulling in inspiration from that and really kind of saying, we don't want an interface. We just want your tasks. So you should be completely focused on that should be easy to add things, easy to remove them, mark them as done. And yeah, it just took us all by surprise how big this this app got. And then of course there was the uh, obligatory iPad version and Mac version afterwards. Were you on that from the beginning? Yes, yeah. I had worked on iOS apps beforehand as a, a, a freelancer, but that was our... That was the first iOS app I'd worked on with real Mac, uh, Mac apps being our primary primary thing at the time. What it says on the tin. Yeah, <laughs> real Mac. Was the iCloud integration contentious at all internally? That's the thing that I come back to as the one problem is because I can't share because it's iCloud based. Or clear. Yeah, because if there was sharing, it's like clear would be like the obvious answer for every project I work on but I can't share with anyone else I'm working with. Yeah, I'm um, trying to think back. It's, uh, it's a bit... It's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. It's a bit hazy. Um, I remember the iCloud thing being a great source of pain for the developer working on it. But we... Um, that could have been core data too. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a lot of things. <laughs> trying to get the animations really super smooth. And animations, there weren't really any... We don't didn't have the tools back then. Mm -hmm. Back in my day, we didn't we didn't <laughs> we didn't have Framer. But Clear being kind of it was inspired by paper, as in physical paper. It's not a, Facebook paper. Not Facebook paper. And not then digital paper and quantum ink like material. No, th th this is going to get confusing. It's uh, I used origami to prototype, but not paper. Not paper. How do you use origami <laughs> without paper? <laughs> Well, wait, uh, like actually origami? Yeah, Japanese style folding folding paper origami. <laughs> this is confusing. Concertina folds, like when you uh, pinch between uh -huh. uh, two items, you can insert one in the middle. So it's called concertina. The the, the type of fold, yes, this oh kind of God. zigzagged, tessellating kind of fold. So I remember folding these bits of paper and and making these really shitty, like seven frame gifs. Just taking a photo on my phone and then stitching them in uh, uh, Photoshop and then sending that off to the <laughs> developer saying, make it like this. And then, no, it needs to be faster and you know, it needs to be more springy and all, all the you know feedback, which doesn't happen anymore. No, it needs to be like a bloop, not like a 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, really, get it? <laughs> really kind of non-verbal kind of yeah onomatopoeic. I just remember clear being one of the first examples of something that thought about gestures in a different way. Um, maybe it was it was borrowing. I, I guess I don't have full context of other ideas it borrowed from. Um, but certainly, you could see how that evolved into something like uh, the way mailbox treated email with like different lengths of swipes mm-hmm. equate to different kinds of things. Uh, chromeless interface in a yeah. way. Even the sound effects were like crazy. Sound design, which yeah, that was. The, I often miss because I'm always muted. But yeah, it <laughs> it's there. me too. But the, the sound it had a. I can't remember his name, but he was um, like a proper kind of sound effects guy, and he made all these. Amazing sounds. Uh, sounds. Uh, yeah, the sounds. So it sounds like a check mark. Sounds design and interface is something that's really quite neglected. Um, I think Tweetbot do it quite nicely, but the problem is a lot of people have that shit muted because it's it's quite annoying. Or if they're listening to music and they don't want to to happen in, in the middle of their song. <laughs> that was so, so good. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't repeat that noise if I if I tried. I think that was perfect. Yeah, in one take. <laughs> one but, take. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a thing I've not really thought about for a while because uh, sounds and sketch and then Mac apps kind of be cr- crazy. How how would that even work? But I think I think Facebook Paper had sounds and it it works it works really well. Well, Facebook Could the now pen has tool a... sound like a pen? Wait, wait. Uh, what app back in the day had that pencil sound? It sounded like you were writing on a pencil. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, Facebook has a sound design team now. And it's amazing uh, to try and remember that that's something you can add as a product designer. Like that's another level of experience that you can choose to add and yeah. if it makes sense for the for The, the thumbs up the on Messenger. Yeah, the thumbs up on Messenger. All of the Messenger sound design is incredible says the guy in the messenger team <laughs> i mean whoever works on that app is <laughs> gosh dang genius uh i would like to say i agree not because i disagree but because my phone is permanently on mute so i'm missing me out too you know facebook uh, got a whole sounds team doing all this fantastic amazing uh-huh. work and nobody people hears like it. me just uh, mute do you know what i mean when have, i say the thumbs up sound have you heard it i think i have yeah the balloon do, does that ring a bell the balloon no, you haven't heard that. That is that's cool. So I use Messenger every day, and you should just use Messenger for one hour unmuted, just for the sake of trying the sound design. It's pretty interesting. I think I'm going to unmute my phone after after this when I get out of here. After you take off airplane mode, yeah, I'm going to be yeah. There's a whole new area of interface design that's I'll, I'll be exposed to. And now that person I sent the thumbs up to is like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> What else did you work on while you were at Real Mac? First app I worked on was uh, an app called Courier. And it was a way to upload photos in this kind of really gratuitously skeuomorphic way. Um, the the app UI was like this <laughs> gratuitously skeuomorphic. <laughs> this app with uh, it, the app window is a wooden shelf. And on this shelf would be envelopes. And the the envelope would be addressed to Vimeo or Facebook or Flickr, and then you could drag and drop photos into the envelope. The envelope would like flip open, and then you could say, you know, send this, you know, 
to whatever whatever settings. So send it to this album on Facebook or add tags or whatever. And then you hit send, and then the app, this is kind of like a one of those hidden bookcase doors. Yeah, app would do a complete 180 flip round and then show this map. And it was kind of this Indiana Jones, oh, you know, that kind of segue with the plane. <laughs> you could see uh, the location of the server, wherever it was in like mid- middle of Texas or something. And then we, of course, the, the pin would be in the UK. And you could see like, it, that was the progress bar for the upload, this kind of arc, this like, oh my flight God. path. Yeah. It's incredible kind of crazy engineering uh, work going on here. And that was it. It's this really, really fun app. I say it was gratuitously skeuomorphic. It was, but my God, it was fun. Do you miss those days? Um, now that you're working on largely default styles, right? For the sake of speed and... Yeah. Um, I think looking back on the interaction aspect, it was kind of very... It wasn't clean, but it was... It was fun. It was it was a fun. I think it served the purpose. Um, and since then, haven't really worked on anything as kind of skeuomorphic as as that. I guess mainly just because of the how things have changed. Um, I I do miss kind of slaving away, adding all these these shines and things to buttons and playing with various states having the shadows expand and the hover state and all these things because I started off uh, initially designing Mac icons and that's that's very visual to, so to bring that to UI elements was was great fun um, and it is it's kind of a shame nowadays that uh, that's that's completely lost is it I feel like there's 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 still the craftsmanship, but you know yeah. the kind of wooden textures, kind of searching Google images for the perfect wood grain, and then having overlays and trying to get it just right, and having all these shadows and inner shadows and things. That I, sounds like ugh, just the worst. Like I think it's uh, part nostalgia. It is nostalgia. Yeah, looking at it through rose tinted spectacles. Uh huh. I think perhaps part of it you could lend to the fact that product designers think now more in a functional utility sense and less as an artist. And perhaps back then if it was a little bit leaning further on the artist spectrum of what's a what's a way I can express this idea, um, perhaps. Yeah. Searching for a wood grain sounds exhausting. That's all. <laughs> yeah, looking at it is probably a lot of time wasted. But it really was the, the craft. Yeah, um, which still exists nowadays. It's just mainly in the form of animation, mm-hmm. as opposed because we don't have the textures or the gradients that we used to have, but we still want the high level of polish. We still want the the care and attention and all the details. Well, we still have a lot of gradients. They're just very differently used, right? Like- yes. Yeah. I I think I like the way things are now, but looking back on the old things they look incredibly dated it's like oh my god it's like looking at old like photos of you when you're a teenager it's like, oh my god oh. did i really have that haircut <laughs> did, yeah did i really wear that yeah really uh okay so courier mm-hmm. and clear clear uh there was analog which was uh, a drag and drop of photo and then you could add filters so it's like what Instagram was before it was really uh, a kind of sharing network when filters were cool. They sold analog, right? Yes, to this uh, Israeli uh, development company whose name I cannot remember. I remember hearing about that, like when it was ready to sell. 
it was very good for the time because people were crazy for that and there was a lot of uh, work going into building the filters and the uh, interface you could apply um, a filter and hit a kind of iOS style toggle switch and then you could apply a border back when applying borders to photos was in vogue uh-huh. and then you could share it without the kind of Indiana Jones style loading bar reusable components yeah so there was that uh, that was a that was a good app then Ember, which was R- Little Snapper 2. I use Little Snapper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was a app I used before I joined uh, Real Mac, and that's kind of why I reached out. I was like, I, I use this app. This is, this is cool. I want, to, I want to work on this. Yeah, uh, that was quite a long project that went through several redesigns and then uh, iOS version as well. But uh, yeah, I, le- I left the company before that shipped. What was it like? I don't have too much context on the history of Real Mac. How did you end up on those specific projects, or was it each time a company-wide initiative per project, or how did you guys decide what got built? Um, I think it was mainly down to Dan. He would have this this idea, and he'd gather, gather us around the next day for a team meeting and say, well, I've been thinking uh, about this. I think we should go and do it. So we went and we we did it. <laughs> we did it, and it it, it worked. It was, Real Mac was uh, successful for a number of years. How did you end up at Real Mac? Um, I was at university at the time. I was studying this course called Digital Art and Technology. Where was that at? That was at the that uni- at <laughs> that. Where's that at? That was at the University of Plymouth, which is in uh, the southwest of England, near where I was living at the time. Uh, I, I think it's been featured in um, Apple's keynotes. Uh, I, I saw it there last year. Like these, like uh, academic institutions are using Swift, and Plymouth University was was one of them. Um, but the the course I was on, I wanted to. I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I always knew that I wanted to go to university, and I was on Mac Themes in my spare time. And I thought, oh, this this is a. I, you know, I could get paid to do this. So I thought I'd go and study design at university. How wrong I was. What do you mean? Um, well, there's all, all this kind of, uh, there's this reputation for, you know, tr- trying to study design at university and it's kind of outdated and, and everything. But the course was really radically different from what I expected. It's very multidisciplinary, which is good, but it wasn't for me. The, the kind of digital art aspect was like this kind of conceptual art involving computers, so to speak. So this kind of art you could program with like processing, uh, for example. So you could display display this on like a side of a building, really kind of art in this, in this medium, where there was a lot of programming involved. There was video editing and 3D design, but the bulk of it was programming and at the time I just thought this I don't, I don't want to be a programmer I want to be a designer and the languages that were being taught at the time were things like action script it's like flash lol you know <laughs> and java which uh, wow that was kind of that's still taught a lot in cs stuff it is yeah i i guess it's because of the the fundamentals but i yeah. i saw it as kind of i was probably as just stupid 
because this, this is becoming obsolete. I know I've read on the internet. Hacker news. Hacker news. <laughs> so, uh, Android. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I just didn't have an interest for that. I just wanted to design. I wanted to learn more about uh, user interface design and the user experience and how people use software and things like this. So I thought I will drop out, but I will drop out into a job and uh, work there for a year and earn some money and then go back into university and study something, uh, maybe history or geography or, or something like that. But All I, those user interface design <laughs> disciplines. Yeah, uh, thinking, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't confident this would be, be a job. I'd, I'd, I'd just study something for the fun of it because, yeah, history, history and geography are cool, but... What's, uh, what job can you have with a history degree? Not to put anyone down, but yeah I, yeah, I didn't see myself really wanting to be a history teacher or a historian or working in, I, I don't know. But <laughs> What uh, do they do? User interface archaeology. User interface archaeology. Maybe archaeology. in 50 years, yeah. You dig up a like glass icon <laughs> <laughs> with a wood grain and like, a leopard's eye behind it <laughs> the holy with a grail. rainbow gradient. <laughs> <laughs> it was a simpler time. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I'll see if I can get a job somewhere. So I was following Dan on Twitter and I sent him a direct message saying, I saw you were... Dan Council from yeah, back. I saw you were looking for a developer. Are you still hiring? A uh, designer. Are you still hiring? And he said, yeah. Come, come on down for an interview. So I did, and uh, I. You question. failed. So, <laughs> all right, that, end of that story. Cool. <laughs> yeah, went back to school, became a history teacher. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, and, he, and here we are. Uh, yeah, so that worked out, and I didn't go back to university, and I, I didn't study history, and I, I, yeah, it all worked out very well. And I learned more in my first week than I did in my first year of university yep. and i thought yeah this is what i want to do i dropped out and i felt very much the same way yeah i've heard the same from a lot of people so i think that's that's why i made that noise when i said it was a design course at university because mm -hmm. so many designers I, I spoke to i've thought yeah i'm gonna need to get a degree uh to go and work for uh whoever and design whatever and that really really isn't the case do you ever take any like courses or tutorials outside of that those have become really popular lately, uh, specifically like online courses and things like that, or boot camps. Boot camps, yeah. Yeah, I um, I I'd used Photoshop before I went to university to make things like forum signatures. Classic, mm -hmm. classic. Yeah, that that was my gateway into design. My example was always album covers, but <laughs> my understanding is that the that, principles were very similar. I was doing stupid cooler. shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I had been using Photoshop and then I found desktop customization and Mac themes and thought, oh, this is this is good fun. It was a great time where you could post things and get good feedback rather than like, this is awesome. Thumbs up. Nice colors. Yeah, nice colors. Uh, and people would actually take the time and you know say, well, I think the lighting is wrong because it's coming from a different direction and all this. And so it was really... Really great like that. So really kind of encouraged you to post more things and get feedback and improve and... Constructive critique. 
constructive critique. Yes, things that are another relic of the past that kind of died with Mac, Mac themes. I do remember the forum days. What's it like now for you? So you're out here visiting Silicon Valley, uh, but you live in the UK, you work remotely within Sketch. What is the design community for you? Like, where do you stay in touch with people? Do you, how does it feel to come here where you're sort of thrown into this bubble of discourse about tech and design? Uh, it's very overwhelming to to come here. Um, discourse? Is that what we do? <laughs> I'm trying to make us sound smart. <laughs> yeah, um, I live in a quite a small city and there's no design community as such. I, I live there because my girlfriend attends university there. Uh, so London is fantastic for startups and a uh, lot of design companies uh, out there like us two for example um, but there seems to be events happening kind of monthly but they're very um, very high demand they sell out very very quickly limited places and as it's like an hour for me to get to on a train and then I have to leave at like nine or ten o'clock to get back because the trains stop and I don't want to be stuck there I can't really go that often or really appreciate it and enjoy it so it's something that I do do rarely or I try to make a day of it uh, for example so I go and try to see various people out there but yeah it's something that I don't get to do too often so if I go to designer meetups uh, when we have company meetups. So we have company meetups twice a year at Bohemian. And they are, well, they've happened in various places in Europe previously. It had been in Madrid and mm -hmm. in The Hague in the Netherlands. Uh, so we also always try to tie that in with uh, sketch designer meetups. And that's, as I said, completely overwhelming to go there and see all these people who have come here because they use something that you work on. It's very surreal. I'm a very reserved person. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm shy, but it's kind of overwhelming. It's like... Introverted. Introverted is the word, yeah. So it's kind of, well, this is, this is crazy. It's uh -huh. people. Uh, and things like that. So yeah, coming to San Francisco is definitely overwhelming, but I... To host a meetup. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I, you know, have been uh, using Twitter for quite a while and all the designers I follow and so on, they all live in San Francisco. So it's obviously, hey, do you want to grab a coffee? Do you want to grab a beer? Make the most of it whilst I'm out here. And other people from, you know, coming down from Canada and the East Coast and even people in Europe who I've met a couple of times, they all, they all diverge into San Francisco. So it's, it's, yeah, that's why I'm here to talk to, talk to various people and where, have fun. When you're not doing the meetups and here in, in San Francisco, where do you turn to online communities to fill that gap or do you at all? I don't really think there are many communities. Obviously, Dribble. I think it's very kind of, yeah, Dribble has certainly uh, changed in the past few years. It was it was kind of almost this kind of exclusive club, which was n never really too healthy. So they opened their 
opened the doors, so to speak, and everybody got invites and started inviting all these great people, all these fantastic people who were not, necess- not necessarily showing their work in progress as the site had intended, but showing full finished designs. But as it's as it's kind of progressed, it has almost kind of uh, kind of come this circle jerk. There's people just saying, "Awesome, nice colors," and anyone nice colors is my favorite thing. <laughs> anyone trying to leave uh, any kind of constructive uh, feedback or comments kind of get ignored, and yeah, it's it's very kind of. Until Ryan Putnam posts an image with a nipple in it, and then everyone loses oh, yeah. their goddamn minds. Yeah, there's, there's certainly uh, things like that. But the people who I used to follow and Mac themes and all these designers aren't necessarily posting things on Dribble because they can't, because they're on their end, and yeah, they're, they're working on things all day that they can't share. Um, it's not a it's not a work in progress place so no. much anymore. And you, you get people who post these very they're very visual interfaces that don't really have much. They're not for a project. They're just kind of pieces of art almost. And if, if you try to use one of these things, if, if this is ever implemented, then God help you. Uh, but I, I recently, well, I say recently, about a year ago, started following a lot more illustrators and people who do things that are very different to what I do. So not necessarily web design or UI design. Uh, people like Ryan Putnam and following uh, Nick Slater, all these awesome illustrations and taking, just really enjoying them for what they are, really awesome kind of pieces of art almost. And it might even be the uh, the spark of inspiration from those. Foreshadowing. More uh, illustration and sketch. Yeah. Thick lines everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't intentional. And yeah, you're fitting words in my mouth. That is the joke. Uh, yeah, we're actually like well over time at this point. Oh, wow. We've gone well over an hour. So Okay, well, thank you very much for having me. That that flew by so yes. quickly. I, I feel as if I probably didn't even scratch the tip of the iceberg. That's how uh, it always is. Yeah. And then next time you're back? Next time I'm back. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before you go? No, I think it's, it's obvious what I work on. You, you may have heard of it. We talk about you, it. You may use it. Uh, yeah. It's a bit sketchy. <laughs> awesome well thanks for taking the time man yeah thanks for hanging out. out it was great thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure that was 145 thank you so much to Chris for coming all the way from somewhere in England to hang out with us <laughs> somewhere in England and now he was here and now he's gone he was like here it is in relation to London uh, we hope you enjoyed the show if you did Give us your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. If you need more podcasts in your life, we have a whole bunch of them on the Spec Network. Got a whole slew of podcasts. All sorts of stuff and interesting content aimed at designers and developers. We want to help you level up. Uh, go check us out at spec.fm. Our latest show is Runtime with Sam Sofis and Caleb Davenport. If you're interested in Swift or so iOS good. or Apple, so good. It's a 15 minute show. So good. Go listen to it. And all of our other shows are awesome. Again, that's at spec.fm. Before we go and wrap up this episode, thank you again to our sponsors for making it possible. Of course, thank you to Wayno, uh, one of our favorite agencies and favorite teams of people in the world. Uh, they've been so supportive of this show and all they ask of you is to just go check out their website. They're doing incredibly inspiring work. Their dribble is chock full of gorgeous design work that will get you inspired. Uh, their website is Wayno. Chalk, people. Chalk. 
Their website is ueno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O. And should you find yourself wanting a new job, click the careers link in their header, tell them we sent you. Uh, We would love to see anyone that works on the Wayno team out here in the Bay Area. Thanks again, Wayno. Our second sponsor is Dropbox. Like I said earlier, Dropbox is working to simplify the way people work together. They need people to come work with them, especially design managers. You should go check it out if you're interested in working with PMs and engineers to set product vision at a huge company, a company that's like these products will touch people's lives across the board daily. Uh, They're driving critiques and mentoring teams, strengthening their design community internally. Their team is huge and it's getting bigger and it seems like a great place to go learn how to scale and lead. And if you're interested, go check them out at spec.fm slash Dropbox. And thank you once again to Dropbox for sponsoring the show. We'll see you next week.